All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Connor, what version is this? This was sent to me by Darren yesterday. This is the Klingon version. Oh my goodness. Jeez. I'm like, what is... Okay, good. I knew it. I, I'm not really up on the Klingon language, so I... Uh, that, honestly, that might be the worst one. Oh, it's funny, though. Funny stuff. Uh, welcome back to the Gregor Show, presented by Play Alberta.ca, where we want to get in the game. Alberta's only regulated online gambling website, where uh, basically it's like uh, Vegas comes to your phone or your, uh, your mobile device or desktop. Play it now at playalberta.ca. So we uh, welcome to the show the big fan of YMCA, Jason Strudwick. Strudy, how are you? Good, man. How are you guys doing? Oh, I'm good, buddy. Fired up. I was, you know what? I love it when the emotion gets heightened in games, man. Uh, there was a physical game. There was some animosity, chirping, Colzars running around, costing some big hits. Um, Petrangelo loses his marbles on what, one of the cheapest plays I've seen in a long time. Uh, Hag and Nurse have an old-fashioned, unreal tilt. I really thought that was kind of a like a very borderline instigator call, uh, especially when you consider that Hag had asked him to fight right off the uh, earlier face-off. Uh, but, hey, if the rules are ruled, so the ref said it's instigator, whatever, that's his uh, discretion, so it's an instigator. But that scraps, Stratty, you don't see those very often anymore. Not like that. Not two big guys that can fight. And, listen, I, I, I have a really hard time things to get a rule to start with. I understand the spirit of it. I, I get what you're trying to – you don't want guys just going out there and jumping guys to get in a fight. Um, so when you, I kind of went back and I looked at you know, some of the wording of it. 
And, you know, it's basically anything that kind of gets the fight going. And Darnell Nurse is a defenseman. It's rare for two defensemen to heat up, uh, hook up in a fight. Not impossible. Yeah. But it's rare because, you know, I'm on the blue line and Gregor, you're by your net or vice versa, right? Depending on, or, I mean, how often do you see two D men cross paths? Maybe, if, you know, if I carry the puck up and then the other D man steps up and takes me out or whatever. Like, those, those things can happen. But it's pretty rare. Like, I, I think of all my fights, there were a few against D man, but a lot of those were like, I wanted to fight, like, I wanted to fight Luke Richardson. So I went on my way to kind of find a way to fight him or, you know, I, I jumped up into play and I'd, I'd run a, a D-man or something. I just kind of stir the pot up a bit, right? But pretty rare for you to have a D on D fight. So, you know, if I'm just if I if this if this was a game from Mars and I just saw the D-man skate in from the blue line when there was really nothing going on. You know, the puck was below the goal line. There wasn't really. I didn't think there's, you know, Haig was doing anything really crazy. They were kind of just pushing and shoving, and then, you know, Nurse goes right at him and then pushes him. That's, you know, that's not an invitation for dinner. That is, he's looking for a fight. Um, you know, and I, I know, I know this game. I, this was my job. I've done this. So the, the intention is to go down there, and you're looking for a fight. So, you know, he may not have th- thrown the first punch, and I started down there and say that I got hit eight times first. I'm like, I get all those things, but. Just for everyone listening, before you guys attack me at 10, 12, 60, if Darnell stays on the blue line, do those two guys fight? I guess we'll never know, but it's unlikely because why are they going to hook up? Like, what, what, why and when would they have hooked up, uh, you know, without it being uh, after the whistle? So I think that's when you're when, – so when I sympathize with the league. When you sit and, and think about it from that way, if you just kind of take your Oilers jersey off for 10 seconds and think about it as a fan – I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that this is the facts, and I know because I did this. I've, I was there. I've, I've skated into titles looking like you know someone's getting it. I don't know who, but someone. Nurse knew what he was doing. He skated in that pile, and you know I don't care who threw the first punch. He goes and it hits him straight on, and you can see that his intention is to get something going, and to me that's the very essence of instigating a fight. Now, what if a guy says, do you want to go off the ensuing face-off? And you don't go right then. Because keep in mind, Mark Stone, yeah. Vegas' own player, said this happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so he said that uh, he was... Hank said, you want, like, he yeah. asked Nurse to fight. Yeah, yeah, and so maybe, so I'm only guessing here, but I'm guessing, well, Darnell said no, and then maybe got on the bench and he thought, ah, oh, damn, I should have said yes. No, 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 it was on that, right? like, on that last shift, is what Stone On the saying. same shift? Yeah, yeah. So then, you know, I, I it's it, it gets a little complicated there. The, the he said he said situation. I can only go what I saw, and what I saw yeah. was a guy who was going in to look for. And that's so. If you're if you're the league and you're sitting back saying, okay, well, how, how are we going to evaluate this? You know, you can. It's it's like a drunk night. The three of us go out. We all get blasted. We all have three different accounts of what happened, right? And so I can only go what I saw. And I and I know the look that Nurse had skating in there. Nurse, if you look at it, he doesn't skate to the corner first. He doesn't skate towards the puck. He skates towards right to at oh yeah right at Hague. So I mean that's that's instigating. And so I don't want him suspended. I'm not saying this because I, I I don't like Darnell. I like him, but this is just the facts. This is the facts as we can see. We're presented, right? Oh yeah. No, hey, I, I'm not that upset about the instigator. Yeah. I I thought it was a kind of a soft instigator, not terrible. Because your reasoning makes sense to me. Um, to me, though, the Petrangelo slash—if it's only one game, it's a joke. 
because that was a blatant slash. It was it was not one that's hit it because you can hey you can still hit a guy pretty hard if you want to go parallel strutty. I've seen guys do it. You can get a good whack and it doesn't look as bad. This one's above his shoulder, coming down and hammering right down on dry settle. It's four to one. He missed a shot on an empty net goal. The score, the time, everything. There's no more blitz. You just what you outlined for Nurse is exactly what you outlined for Petrangelo. And to only say, hey, guess what, guys? A blatant slash one game, I think it's a joke. That's what I'm expecting them to do. I hope I'm pleasantly surprised that they actually have the guts to suspend them for what it should be, which is at least small. It should be two games. No question in my mind it should be two games. So let's just first start off with the bigger picture. What does it mean? When, when Petrangelo reacts like that, it means that he's snapped. They're, the Oilers are in his head. Let's make no mistake about that. When you look at the game, I mean, it, sorry, Greg's all four games, the Oilers have been going after him, especially um, Evander Kane. Earlier in the game, Kane cross-checks Petrangel from behind into the wall. And, and you can see his shoulder, something is on his arm. He was lifting his arm up and down the box. That was not called. That was a penalty. So for all you Oilers fans that think the Oilers are getting screwed, Go back and watch that play and tell me if that was on McDavid or Nuge or Dry Settle, how you'd react. And also, just while I'm on that thing, the Yamamoto. Yamamoto cross check Stone into the post. No call. A couple of seconds later. Okay, but that stuff's irrelevant to the I, no, slash. But, it's irrelevant. I know, but, just, I know, but I'm on a roll. So I just want like I just want the Oilers fans to realize that when they think their fans, their team's getting screwed, oh, yes. the Oilers got away two times. major things. So sure. Petra Allen Chill right now is uh, he they're hundred percent they're in his head. They're in his head. Now, it, it for sure is a five-minute major. There's no doubt about it. When you bring your stick up that high, he basically, I don't know if anyone else saw it, but he brought his stick up so high, he stabbed the pigeon and brought it down on top of uh, Leon. Now, a couple things, or one thing that's working in Petrangelo's uh, benefit is that dry settle, dry settle isn't hurt. He was, or he didn't hurt. He didn't stay down. He wasn't like Michael Bunting trying to sell the blood on his nose to the refs for like two periods after it happened last night. He just, he was down for a second. He got up and skated off and you could see him, whatever. He's fine. Um, uh, the other thing is that he did get a five-minute major. So I think that does play into it a little bit. So Why? There was I only think- a minute 33 left in the game. I know, but it's still it's a five minute. Like it's a five minute, right? Instead of a two. So I think that when you look at when you look at it, um, I think he'll, I, at first my gut reaction was a five thousand dollar fine. That was my gut reaction. When I saw what? Yeah, I I honestly thought after what because he got the five minute major, right? He got a, and I know he only missed that amount of time. Now if he if he had done that the first period of sorry, let's say the first five minutes of the game, does does that count as a full game missed? Maybe. I, I'm not sure, but I, my first reaction was five five thousand dollars. I think the maximum fine. Now I'm thinking he probably gets a game. I'll be blown away if he gets two. Um, but I so you, okay. But so what do you you hurt. actually think? But, but the hurting's irrelevant. That's irrelevant to it. You can't suspend guys only based on the outcome. It's got to be but, suspendable based on the action. But I think they do. I, I think they do do that, and that's been. Oh, I've okay. Been no, that's now. what they do. So, are you saying you're you're basing it on what you think the league is doing? What do you think it's worth? I don't care what you think the league's uh, okay. doing. What do you think one, it's worth? One game because Dry Settle's not hurt. Yeah. So not, you're like the league. Injured. Yeah. So yeah, I am. I mean, one game. I think one game. Um, you know, I, I, again, at first, I honestly, Greg's. If you asked last night, I thought one. I thought five thousand dollar fine. I honestly did, just because Dry Settle wasn't hurt. Um, 
you know, we've seen it in the past where guys don't get hurt and 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 the, 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 it's reduced, right? In, well, in we've seen guys get suspended two or three games and nobody gets injured. It shouldn't yeah. ever be no. about the injury ever. Well, but because you, you don't like, know uh, when you're delivering the slash, you don't know if it's a, you're delivering the slash to hurt the guy. You're not delivering the slash to be to be like, oh hey 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 Leon, good luck in game five, chop. That's not why you're doing it. No, you're doing it because you're mad. You had a temper tantrum and you're trying to hurt him. That's a he fact. He was frustrated. 100%. The orders were in his head. He was frustrated. So how many games do you think he – how many would you give him? I'd give him two playoff games, which is about four in the regular season. Yeah. That, to me, is a blatant slap. And the, and it's funny. The only comparison that I've seen recently, because I don't compare people I saw trying to compare Brashear. It's not close. It wasn't in the head. Is the Adam Graves on Marilyn Mew. In yeah, the playoffs, you got to go back that far. He got four games. And, yeah, it's on Mar- – and that's the other thing. It's on the league's leading freaking score. Right. Of course he's trying to take him out. Yeah, no, I – listen, I hear you. I'm, I'm just telling you, I, I believe I would give one game, and I believe the league will give one game. Well, of course that's what the league's going to do because it's yeah. an easy, gutless decision. Like, this is, this is the easiest thing. I wrote it this morning. Darnell Nurse is going to get one game. And oh, Petrangelo gets one. Each yeah. team's out with yeah. their top uh, minute defenseman. Uh, everything, yeah. everybody's even, All right? But that's not right, and it shouldn't be right because basically now, because Petrangelo's suspension should have nothing to do with Darnell Nurse, nothing. But it's going to, and that to me is what's ridiculous about the whole thing. And that'd be that's the interesting part of what you just said. So let's say Nurse hadn't done, hadn't skated in there. I, I wonder how that changes uh, Petrangelo's situation. Does it no, automatically become two? Yeah, it, I think it should be. Honestly, I think it. To the NHL, you can't have sticks have the potential. It's sticks can harm way more than anything. I would think you if you really no, want to club a guy. I disagree. The hit from I I would say the hit from behind. Any hit from behind is worse than a stick. Any yeah, hit but from they behind. don't. But the, the league doesn't look at it that way. But we just thought we just thought of Petrangelo and King. King didn't even get a call. I would have I would have put that at five. Yeah, but minutes. see, did you think he that hit him from behind? Minute. You think he, he hit him from behind? He shoves him. He shoves him into the boards in, in a very dangerous manner where his he, he's, he's dangerous. I had that as a five minute major. So if we if we're you know I see people oh Stradic you're out to lunch I'm getting a lot of texts I understand I'm telling you what I see I am worried I'd much rather have a broken wrist than be buried from behind Andrew Calgano by Jordan Eberle. What oh, did Jordan yeah. Eberle get for that hit? What did he get Nothing. for that one? Oh hey, hey nothing. Hey, if, the league, league doesn't think, the league doesn't even think suspension. hits from behind are bad. It's a so joke. Calgiano was out indefinitely. Now, I, we don't know why he is because his team's out now. So, yeah. uh, listen, I'm not endorsing slashing. But I'll tell you as a player, slash my wrist and break it before he hit me from behind like Everly did on Calgiano every day of the week. So I don't see the passion mounted for that one. Or I don't see people passionate about Kane hitting um, Petrangelo will be fine. So you asked me to prioritize what my, my values are. The hitting from behind, I can't stand. Yeah, even Yamamoto on Stone, that's another example of a hit from behind. So there's three hits from behind that added up to, I believe, zero penalty minutes. Zero. And now we, there's people here who want to turn in three or four for Petrangelo for a slash on the arm that didn't injure the player. Andrew Cogliano well, was okay, out indefinitely. Now, but, but, okay, but there's a difference here because Cogliano's total separate. In the game, should Yamamoto have got a penalty on that play? 100%. A penalty. Nothing more. A penalty. Just like in game three... When Yamamoto got hit, and there was no penalty. So though, and I've always said this: those two things even out. These are minor penalties that aren't gross infractions. They're not suspendable plays. Mm-hmm. The the Petrangelo one is a blatant, easy suspendable play. 
I don't even think it's a debate that it's a suspension. I, I don't see any reason how anybody could actually say, wow, Drysaddle's no, injury is irrelevant to the action. The action of Petrangelo taking a stick above his head, not when you're skating strutting, you do a little quick flick of the wrist, which I'm sure is a defenseman you probably did ten times a game. <laughs> We're talking a guy, and I'm, I mean, because it happens, fine. But you're talking a guy taking five strides. Drysaddle has shot the puck. He's now taken three strides. The game is over, and you come. And you're the far side defenseman, Struds. You weren't the near side defenseman. You're the guy. You're the right defenseman coming across to the left corner. You never go there, ever. That's why it's suspendable to me. He went completely out of his way to get his uh, revenge, his frustrations out on Drysaddle, and because Drysaddle didn't get injured, shouldn't change it for me because there was clear intention on what. Petrangelo wanted to do. He set out. He had a plan, and his plan was, "I'm going to go after Drysaddle." Now, because because he, he didn't have the strength or, or wasn't accurate enough to to make the injury stick, well, I don't benefit him for that. To say, well, Petro, you suck at slashing, so guess what? I'm only going to give you a game. I'm going to penalize you for what your intent was, and because your intent, it's clear. The right, you play defense, Stretty. When do you ever go from right defense down into the left circle when your left defenseman's there? Ever? No, you, you don't. And, and listen, I'm not disputing the fact that I, I'm not at arguing. And a lot of texts coming in here suggesting that I, I'm, I'm not seeing what's happening. I know what Petrangelo is trying to do. I, I'm not, I've got no problem admitting that he was trying to go down there and hurt Tricetal, but he didn't hurt him. So what, what does everybody want? What, what is, text us your answers. You, there's people that want three to five games for that slash. Are you kidding me? Did you see what Bunting got for blatantly elbowing Cernak in the head? He got, didn't he get, what did he get? Two three games. games. Three, three games. So he got three games. For a, a, a deliberate elbow to that, he got three. So you think this is more than that? I'm telling you. I'm sorry, guys. And Cernak was injured. He was out. I think if he gets one, it would be pretty, pretty. I, I'm, I'm fine with the one. Two is going to be, I'd be surprised. Three would be incredible. No, I'd be surprised if it's three. I really think it should be two because you're setting the precedent now that that type of slashing motion is only going to get you one game. And I don't, and I think that's, think about it. You're going to get a game to do that equal to an instigator in the last five minutes of a willing combatant, by the way. Willing combatant. Haig wanted a fight. That, now, I agree with your write up about Nurse. If he doesn't come down there, the fight doesn't happen. So that's why he gets the instigator. So I have no problem with that. But that's an automatic one gamer. And now Petrangelo, whose actions, I don't think anyone can say his actions weren't worse than what Nurse did. And he only gets a game. I, I don't. I don't like the optics of it. I don't think it should be right. And I think if you want to eliminate stick work, then when you have, because this is very outside the norm. When was the last time we saw this? When was the last time we seen a guy, you know, come down with a, using his stick like an axe? Honestly, we haven't seen it. So that's why I think you have to come down hard on it because otherwise, now you're opening Pandora's box to players being like, eh, it's not that serious. I'm just going to slash a guy. Yeah, but I would suggest, so when's the last time we saw, there's not a lot of slashing out there, right? I think that uh, the hitting from behind is becoming more of a problem. Listen, if he gets two with us, I, I'm not going to rail against the, the system and say the system's wrong. I'm just telling what I believe and what I think is going to happen. Are both lined up at one game for Petrangelo? Take a quick break. Uh, we'll return. we got a lot of text to get to at uh, 10, 12, 60. Fired up edition of the Gregor Show. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Kevin Lowe joins us next. We roll through. I'm at Sports Leader, TSN 1260. How are you? Gregor and Strud's with you. It's 
time now to get to our uh, big guest of the day, brought to you by the Hockey Super League, a premier hockey solution with a clear path for long-term development, offering borderless hockey, including provincial and cross-province competition. Go to hockeysuperleague.ca for more information. Uh, We are joined by uh, six-time Stanley Cup champion. He has his uh, jersey retired by the Edmonton Orders, uh, also in the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. And uh, now, fittingly, is uh, going to get ripped for uh, for a few hours in a roast coming up in uh, four weeks. Kevin Lowe joins us. Kevin, how you doing? I'm I'm doing good. I, I'm not sure about the fittingly part, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy oh, I, to be on the show. Hey, yeah, Kevin, I'm just telling you, you got four weeks. How, how thick is your skin? Can it thicken up in four weeks? Well, let's put it this way. Uh, if you're reading the newspapers from, uh, like, 2014 to about 2018. Uh, you, you know my skin's fairly thick. <laughs> oh, I like it. Oh, I like it. Uh, I know many people are more excited to like. They saw Craig McTavish have some fun jokes with you at your uh, at your uh, jersey raising ceremony uh, when it was supposed to be honoring you. Now he's supposed to roast you. I can't wait to see what Mac T has in his bag of tricks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I'm hoping that he's going to be maybe my one ally there. But, uh, <laughs> hey, 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 listen, at the end of the day, it's all for a good cause, you know, and uh, looking forward, it's a great cause. Kids sport, as you well know, uh, Jason and, and, and uh, Strud's, and, and uh, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I, you know, I got roasted, and I, I, I couldn't believe the lineup. They actually had to turn people away. They all wanted to take a shot of me. I'm like, I'm a pretty nice guy, so uh, I don't know what it was. That's maybe not a good sign, but you know, you know, Kevin, you look at, you look back on your career. Was there a guy that was just that, that chirping, funny guy that you just think, oh man, I, I know I better not chirp this guy because he's coming back at me twofold. Yeah, Samek, Samek was the guy. He was. He had such a great sense of humor, you know, and he used to dry sense of humor. And, and of course, he was always paying attention to all of us, right? And any time we, you know, we 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 seemed like uh, we deserved something like that. He he had a, he had a good chirp, so we never got it. Well, first of all, you'd never get in a confrontation with Samake, period. Let alone get into a <laughs> get, into, get into a chirping converse, competition with him. Kevin Lowe joins us, 7 to Sports Center, TSN 1260. Kevin, uh, you know, you played in the league uh, for a long time. Emotions can run high, especially in the playoffs. Uh, you know, you've been involved in, in your share of, uh, of you know, give or take, I'm sure, on hits that cross the line, either giving or receiving at times. Um, what, what was your initial reaction watching last night to the uh, Petrangelo slash? Yeah, it, uh, it definitely was the optics aren't very good. It was really over the top um, for a guy of his caliber. I don't, I don't think he hit Leon as hard uh, as, you know, where his, his stick was, like I say, the optics of, of what he did. But I, I can't imagine the, the league's going to let it go. It just, it's just not a good look for the game, especially at that time of the game. It's, you know, it was, the score was firmly out of hand, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, uh, yeah, strange reaction. I mean, the nurse suspension is, it's an automatic. I, I thought the league, you know, I was kind of hoping it wasn't, wasn't an egregious aggressor. Uh, and as someone said, particularly, uh, the player had asked him to fight early on, but 
I mean, I guess you have those rules. Anything, anything that the, the referees determine that's an instigator in the last five minutes of the game is an automatic suspension. So, uh, but I don't. I mean, I just can't understand what uh, what uh, Petrangelo was was thinking there. I mean, I, I can understand he was wanting to make a statement, but there's got to be better ways to do it. Kevin, when you were the general manager, uh, you know, did, did did you ever have a player on your team get suspended? And then, you know, what is that preparation like? Like, are you are you prepping them, saying, you know, maybe you talk like this or say that, or you're trying to find comparables, or like, what does that process happen when a player is, you know, under review for a, a, something they did during a game? Yeah, yeah, all the stuff you just mentioned, uh, Jason. You know, you 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 want to uh, well, first of all, you want to <laughs> you hope that there's somewhat. Uh, uh, contrite about it, and and, uh, and uh, you know you, you don't want him going and saying, "Yeah, I wanted to take his head off, and I'm sad I didn't." Kind of thing that ain't going to go good. But uh, <laughs> but uh, short of that, you know, um, uh, I mean, yeah, listen, if if a player's in there and he's feeling legitimately remorseful, um, then I think that I think the league takes that into consideration. I mean, they don't want to suspend guys. But they, I mean, they do have standards, and, and as I mentioned, that, that that particular play that he did, you know, he, it, it, it's just not a good look for the NHL. And uh, again, I like I don't think he hit Leon all that hard. I don't think if Leon's injured, but I mean, when you're swinging your stick around like that, I mean, that's just that's right off a slap shot days. You, you just don't see that anymore. <laughs> No, and, and that's to me exactly what it is. You don't see it anymore, and so, you know, like, I think the easy decision is that Petrangelo gets a game, and Nurse has a game, and it evens out, and both teams are without their top pair of defensemen, and and you move on, and, and away you go. Um, uh, now, were you, do you remember? I remember when Marty McSorley speared Mike Bullard. And I think it was uh, Glenn Sather. His defense was, well, he blacked out and he didn't remember. Do, do you remember? Do you remember that situation? I mean, I sure do. I, mean, I remember like it was yesterday. I mean, he he just completely skewered him, and and uh, and I'm not sure how. I mean, Mike Bullard is is a good guy. I, I don't I don't remember how badly he was hurt, but that was not a good look. And I mean, that would be God. That'd be ten games now at least in in this day and age. But yeah, that was. I mean, Slats was brilliant, right? He said Marty blacked out, didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I remember when uh, Sean Avery, he, he, I forget what he did, but he did something. He had to get called in the carpet and go see Gary Bettman. And, uh, I, you guys remember Sean, but he was, he put a half tuxedo on and sunglasses and he walked into the office and he was telling us the story. Like, I couldn't believe it. And I don't think that that's exactly what Glenn Sather wanted from Sean in that moment to try to get, you know, to unravel this suspension. And I think, I think he got suspended. I don't remember, but I remember Slat saying, Oh my God, what's this guy wearing? Well, I I got um, I got suspended in my I believe it was my first year in the NHL uh, for an incident uh, that I care not to repeat. But uh, uh, Brian Watson, Bugsy Watson, was in the organization at the time, so he flew to Toronto to meet me to go in. And uh, of course, you know, you didn't video wasn't readily available in those days. I'm talking 1980. And so uh, we met before going into into uh, into the office. Uh, I, I, I don't even know if that was John Ziegler. Was it? Might have been still Connors Campbell. But um, uh, he, uh, Brian said, uh, "So, kid, you know, so how bad is it?" And I said, "Well, geez, I don't, 
I'm surprised they even hear it's not, you know, not all that. I don't think as much of anything, but so we went in and had the hearing. Then we came out and he looked at me, he said, he said, not that bad. He says, you're lucky if you ever play in the NHL again. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I was just horrified, you know, and Brian Watson was quite, quite, you know, he was just a, he was a character too, but I'll never forget, kid, you'll be lucky if you ever play in the NHL again. <laughs> <laughs> How many games did you get suspended? I think I got two games. I think it was suspended twice. Uh, uh, no, maybe three times. And uh, I, I mean, all of them, I didn't think I should be suspended. But anyhow, that's, that's I blacked out. <laughs> you know what's funny, Kevin? It's like, that's one of my regrets. That I never got suspended. Like, and it's funny. Like, I, you know, I didn't also win the Stanley Cup, but I, I couldn't do that by myself. So I wish I would have got, like, I wish I would have slashed someone really hard in the ankle or something. Like, just to, just to have that. Like, I don't know why. It feels like it's a hole in my, uh, my, my uh, hockey career's repertoire. <laughs> well, nothing to be proud of. You can at least tell your kids your dad. Never had to go to the sin bed in that regard, but I, I you know, the one I got suspended against because I cross-checked Gino Ogic and and but I was I was I was really innocent on that one because I was actually standing in the bench, mouthing off at Ogic because he was being a, a a dink, like he often was. God bless him, and and so he came right to the bench. And and actually, kind of leaned into the bench. So I put my my stick up in defense, like you know, ready. If he comes any further, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna cross check him in the face. But but I didn't I didn't I didn't really like my stick and his face made contact. But it was him leaning into my stick, not me pushing my stick into his face. However, the one view that the NHL has was down the boards. And, you know, it looks like my stick's coming out over the bench and cross-checking him in the face. So I got, I got a couple games for that, but I really, I, I really thought I had, a, I got a, I got a, the wrong decision there. <laughs> Kevin Lowe joins us on Empton Sports Theater, TSN 1260. And, you know, having played the game and, you know, you, you played right on the edge, right? Uh, they called you Sid Vicious for a reason. Uh, you know, it could snap every now and then. Um, do you feel that guys are more under control now than they used to be? Well, I, I think, you know, when guys started to be more under control, when they started to find players for, for suspensions, yeah. uh, you know, that, that was a turning point really. But, but yeah, I mean, now for sure, I mean, there's so many angles and stuff, you know, you can't get away with anything. You know, there used to be one referee, you could get away with something when the ref wasn't, you know, looking and, and, and they didn't catch it on camera. It was a game on a Sunday night in Los Angeles and they didn't have any film for it. Uh, but in this day and age, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's impossible to get away with anything. And it's, you know, the game, I think there's, there's probably maybe a little more respect for the opposition, but having said <laughs> that, when you, when, when you get to this level of the playoffs, I mean, everybody wants to win the cup bad and, and everybody's uh, emotions are running high and, and everybody's, you know, I mean, Vegas has had their feelings hurt a few times in this series because we've spanked them pretty good. But uh, so, you know, the consequence or the, the results are maybe what you saw last night. Now, Kevin, you you mentioned uh, L.A. As a player, did you know certain rinks didn't have video 
so you could cross the line even more knowing it was unlikely that the, that the, the league would be able to crack down on it? <laughs> no, I, I just say that strictly in hindsight, Jason. Not that. <laughs> but, oh, tonight's open season. We can just we can swing our sticks all we want out there. No, I mean, it was there, – there's no question there's times when guys got away with stuff. I don't think they did it intentionally. It was just, you know, luck of the draw that they happened to be. The night they tend to, the, the night they snapped, they, um, you know, it, it was in, a, in an area where they didn't have good coverage. Is there any time did you snap that you regretted it? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, one of the worst times was I got cross-checked from behind into the boards. Yeah. It got pushed in, and, I, you know, I've not just, I saw my life flashed before my eyes so I chased the guy around the ice and right into their bench and speared him um, which which caused a bit of a Donnybrook but <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, hope, hopefully my grandkids not listen to this <laughs> <laughs> well there's no video of it right it happened in LA right. so you can't yeah, there's no video of it yeah. 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 You're, yeah you're unable to uh, to show it now um, uh, so Kevin now Part of your roast is, of course, you get roasted, but you also get the final say. Um, are you watching, like, celebrity roasts now to, to get some ammunition in, in your retort when you have an opportunity to, to, to get back at guys? Because I'll tell you, having been roasted myself, and the difference was I did it at a, at a comedy club, and I was the only one getting roasted, and so it was brutal because there was no one else. At least you have other people that take a few shots for you. But... Uh, after about an hour and a half of sitting up there and taking it, how do you think uh, you will respond? Uh, what type of uh, what type of preparation are you doing? Well, I, I guess I better not bring my stick into the room with me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm for sure. I'm, I'm getting some canned responses uh, from the pros, but I'm generally pretty good at reacting. Uh, I'll be taking notes as the evening goes on and, uh, and make sure I'll have I'll, I can have. Res- rebuttals and responses for for most of the stuff said to me and and they, hey the, the rest of the stuff uh it's uh, it, it it's all in good humor in this case it's it's on my behalf but uh um all for a good cause well it's going to be great uh it's kid sport uh, the roast of kevin Lowe. it's on uh friday uh, basically four weeks from tomorrow so uh, that is uh friday june 9th and uh, there are a few t- tables still left, uh, not many. There's a, there's a lot of people that want to hear you get roasted, Kevin, which is great. So, uh, you know, that's when you know you have lots of friends where they want to come there and, and see you be the, the, the butt of the jokes. And so um, now I, is, is it true that Karen has been uh, sending off information to the other roasters? Uh, I don't know that. Uh, I'll have to ask her, but she has been sneaking around a little bit. So I, was, I thought it was just she was going to throw a nice party for me. But maybe it's just uh, you've tipped my you've tipped her hand there. I'm going to have to talk to her about it. Uh, so make it a little bit more entertaining. Yeah. Behind enemy lines, she's behind enemy lines right now. But you better take a look. <laughs> Well, I guess it's all those years on the road she's going to get back on me now. Yeah. Uh, well, as Craig said, she was the best athlete in the family, right? So, well, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That was the best line. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Kevin, thanks so much uh, for joining us, sharing some stories, and uh, and being a great sport for the uh, the Kevin Lowe roast. Uh, we look forward to it. Yeah, thanks, guys. That's uh, Kevin Lowe.
And oh, Craig McTavish is very witty, man. So is Terry Ryan. Like uh, Kathleen McGee. Oh, I still remember when she was all Kathleen McGee, of course, Doctor oh. Sarah McGee, when we had her on the show. When Struddy was convinced that he had, uh, you know, his lip fetish, and I think maybe even a penis fetish. Oh my goodness, it's still one yeah. of the greatest clips of all time. Uh, so she'll be ripping him. <laughs> Uh, it's it's going to be awesome. Um, I can't wait. So uh, very much uh, looking forward to that. I think Struddy, even uh, don't you, you have a? I think you're making a cameo appearance. Well, we're trying to negotiate it, but uh, the, I, I'm a little bit scared of Kevin. I've got some really funny things to say. So I, I, uh, yeah, I got to walk around the city. You'll find me that guy. He scares me. Oh, buddy, don't don't be scared. Don't be scared. It's just a, just a roast, buddy. It's just a roast. You'll be fine. He knows he knows where I live. <laughs> uh, well, it's uh, it's hey, it's all for a good cause. We want to raise some money, so um, uh, very much looking forward to it. If you want to uh, get some tickets, of course, the, they are they are still available. You can get them at uh, KidsportCanada.ca and just uh, look for the uh, Edmonton chapter, and you'll see it right there. We can send you the link. It'll be on Friday, June 9th, and uh, it's going to be loads of fun. So look forward to that. We'll take a quick break. We will come back with Struds on The Gregor Show. Actually, no, we're going to get to uh, Colin Livingston next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 350, had a slight rain shower. Now it looks like the clouds are moving away. Hope you're having a great Thursday. Two games in the National Hockey League tonight. Uh, Carolina tries to uh, end their series against New Jersey. Meanwhile, the pivotal game five, Dallas and Seattle. Oilers fans, if you believe in Panthers, are probably hoping Dallas wins because uh, so far every time Dallas wins a game in the playoffs, Edmonton falls up with the exact same result. They win or lose, so do the Oilers, which, of course, will change if they meet each other in the next round because it's impossible for both of them to win. Let's get to the racing report brought to you by Can Torque. It's a cleanup time at Can Torque. They have so much that needs to go. Discontinued pneumatic torque wrenches, flange spreaders, alignment tools, and more. Saving 20 to 40%. Check it out at cantorque.com as uh, Colin Livingston joins us once again. And, um, Colin, you, uh, you look at the, uh, uh, you know, there was no crashes in the race, uh, you know, minimal, minimal uh, contact at the start. Uh, 18 of the uh, the 20 cars uh, finished. Um, interesting, though, like, if you look at the time, though, between the top two, like Red Bull and everybody else, it really wasn't that competitive of a race. No, not even remotely. Uh, Red Bull is just... Is just toying with everyone. Um, you know, it's definitely a, a two car battle, uh, for the, for the championship, at least as things sit right now. And there's no indication that that's going to change. And, and really, while, uh, Perez has really had a, had some pretty good momentum going into last weekend, uh, Max pretty much just smacked him down and said, like, listen, this is my, my championship to lose. Um, hopefully we, we get to see a little bit, but, um, you know, I, I, I saw an awful lot of conversation this week and, and it, you know, lots of things bother me. I don't think that's really a, really a secret. I'm a pretty easy guy to agitate, but, um, you know, lots of, lots of talk from, from F1 people, um, you know, kind of, kind of posturing and, and, um, and grandstanding 
uh, you know, Christian Horner was, uh, you know, definitely, uh, is not my favorite person in the world, but he's making comments of like, yeah, we were out there. We have such a big lead right now. We don't know where everybody else is. Like, you know, essentially extending, you know, a bunch of middle fingers to, to the rest of the field, which, you know, right now they've, they've got it. They've got the thing. And, you know, fortunately, I'm not saying that there's a, you know, some kind of, you know, conspiracy or anything like that. But when the rules change to run this style of car, their engineer, Adrian Newey, is the expert. He essentially, he didn't invent this, but he perfected this ground effect technology. So the rules worked in their favor and they've been able to exploit it better than anyone else. It's a matter of time before the the other teams kind of catch up. But, you know, don't mistake good fortune for you know, intuition. And, and right now, you know, he's getting a little, you know, he's always been a fairly, uh, fairly arrogant guy. Uh, even our old friend Gunther Steiner, who is, you know, always good for a great soundbite, very direct and honest, uh, you know, started, he was kind of chucking IndyCar under the, under the bus. Uh, talking about how their ratings are really dwindling right now and, um, you know, that they want to, they want to sur- surplant, uh, IndyCar in, in the, in the, the, the ratings. I, I was actually motivated to write a big blog post, uh, this week for, for my other life, you know, talking about like the sheer value of, of what these things are versus what you get. And for, for the price of a ball cap and Gregor, you saw this when you were at Montreal last year. I mean, a ball cap sells for $90 us, like 90 us dollars. A t-shirt is a hundred bucks and Lord help you. If you want to buy a polo, that's before you buy a ticket to, to get on the grounds at, at Miami last weekend was $590 for three days of general admission. By comparison, this weekend's Indy 500 or the Indy GP, um, you can get, uh, not, not just general admission. You can get a grandstand ticket starting at $40 and the most expensive ticket in the place. I don't have it right in front of me was something like $110. Like, and and provides far 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 superior actual racing you know the cars aren't as technologically sound but man i don't understand why these guys just can't let sleeping dogs lie you know they they're they're just agitating everything and there's no positive to it because once these guys once once people wake up to what you know some of this racing is all about and if they ever get to see these other series it's like why why would you pay the kind of money that you've got to pay to watch really really bad racing Stick with F1, there's maybe some change happening at Alpha Tori. Who might be replacing a Nick DeVries? Uh, right now, the rumor is, and, and it's completely that a rumor, um, Danny Ricardo, who is obviously under contract with, with Red Bull right now. Uh, you know, everyone knows who Daniel Ricardo is. Uh, he's, he's in Italy, uh, for a seat fitting, which, you know, was fueling the speculation that with Nick DeVries, the rookie, having a really, really, rough start to his career uh that the the team could theoretically throw ricardo in the seat i mean it, it could be nothing more than because he's a reserve driver he just has to be there anyway uh but that's uh that started running rampant here the last day or two colin Livingston joins us in the uh, can torque racing report um you know th- there are a few other things you know, the other big thing was people were upset. I saw some of the drivers because, you know, they they had a lot more 
pomp and circumstance before this race, right? Like they're interviewing the players. It's almost, and you know, they do that in other sports. Uh, some of the drivers, uh, you know, George Russell, I'm here to race. I'm not here for the show. I prefer to talk to my engineers and put my helmet on and drive or stop. And, you know, Hamilton was the only one who goes, I thought it was cool. No issue from me. Um, that's just, sometimes you got to change. And I think in the U.S., like player introductions are a big thing in North America, right? So, uh, the, like, obviously, it didn't impact anybody driving. To me, it's kind of needless complaining, and it's something different. I saw some traditionalists who hated it, but I, I just think that you know, sports change and evolve. Well, what did you think about the uh, the big extended introductions? Yeah, I'm first of all going to disagree with you, Gregor, that that it didn't impact anything. Um, you you got to keep in mind now, especially with this year's rule, these drivers aren't just getting paraded out for driver intros. They've got to go out in their gear. So they're still wearing they're wearing their undershirts. They're wearing their their fire suits. They're standing out in the sun and they're basically baking, you know. That's not easy to do when you're just sitting there. Like at least when they're in the car, they get, you know, uh, their, their cool air. They have a cool suit. They can take a drink of water, you know, not that they couldn't hear, but you know, just that time is where you really need to get to your last details. You need to talk to your engineer. You need to kind of get your mind set on what you're going to do. Because if you're trying to do that while you're doing your parade laps, you're already behind the eight ball. To me, I see it as, as F1 is really starting to jump the shark, that they're, they're trying to put too much sizzle out there because there's not enough, there's not enough stake during the event. If, if all you see is these cars going around, like I was talking about before, and, and there's not a lot of passing, you got to create some excitement somewhere. And, and I think this is kind of where, where F1 is going. Um, I don't mind the driver intro side of things, but. They've got it. If they're going to do it, they need to do it earlier in the session while drivers are still in street clothes so that they're not sitting there and, and, you know, um, you know, uh, making, making their own gravy while they're, they're, you know, uh, bacon like, um, you know, like hams. Shifting over to IndyCar uh, this week, IndyCar is running a, a road course at IMS. Do they have to set the, the, the cars up uh, differently because it's a, a road, road course? Oh yeah, there's no comparison between how the cars uh, operate. At if if you can take a snapshot, and I'll I'll probably do this anyway. You take a snapshot of the car on a road course. They use these big wings. They they use you know full aerodynamic downforce because that's what's needed to to get through the corners, and that's what's needed to uh, help the cars get grip. During the 500, it's a completely different wing setup. They, they streamline these cars to the to the the absolute minimum to make sure that they have just enough grip to get through the corners. Um, yeah, totally different, totally different package. Uh, the chassis are the same, the engines are the same, uh, but everything else inside is different. Um, but they have, you know, they'll have lots of backup cars at this point. You know, they'll have cars that are ready for the 500, which uh, practice practice starts already on, on Tuesday and it'll be uh, all next week. So yeah, officially in the month of May. Yeah, which is uh, which is awesome. Um, you know, it's it's a huge one. Everybody uh, enjoys it. There's um, there's carb day, pole day. Uh, then there's the bump day, of course, on on Sunday. Also, you also have uh, in May uh, the Pinty series is uh, is getting going outside of uh, uh, Barrie, Ontario. I know on your podcast you're going to have kind of a preview. I would think with uh, Alex Tagliani uh, later on today, if if I'm not mistaken. Just kind of what what are 
what's kind of the series if, if you had to give me an overview of the of the uh, the Pinty series uh, NASCAR's Pinty series getting going what's what's kind of your overview of what to expect this year yeah I'm just excited to get back to it I, I get on a like I haven't been traveling a lot so uh, tomorrow's going to be my first plane ride in like two months or something like that which for me is really un, un uh, characteristic um you know within our team i think we're looking pretty good we've made some some big changes to um the equipment uh you know scott stackley and and all of our you know we've got a new crew chief this year um so that's pretty exciting uh of course we never know what what we're going to have until we get to to race one um but always look forward to sunset uh you know two wins there we actually lap the field and uh uh 2016 i think it was um you know no no big changes to personnel nobody's really left no um no big rookies coming in um but yeah always gonna you know always great to come back and yeah i called in uh called in the odd favor to get tag lined up uh to do my talk and torque uh podcast here which uh you know we don't want people to tune away from your show but uh, it'll kick off here in just a little under an hour so we'll we'll go over all that the the karting program that we have, uh, the the major announcement that uh, that we get to finally talk about here, Tag's uh, Tag and his group have taken over a new go kart track, so that's going to be fun to uh, to drill down. And um, yeah, hopefully we come back with all of our fingers and toes after Saturday night. Well, uh, that's always uh, important. One last one, uh, you'd heard uh, the rumor about Ricardo and uh, yeah. Devries. What do you make of that? I think they would be absolutely foolish if they didn't at least consider it. Uh, if they pulled the Vries out of the car and put Ricardo in, there's nothing saying that they can't put him back. Um, but, you know, Ricardo's already under contract. Ricardo's already getting paid and, you know, is definitely a more touted asset than what Nick DeVries is. Maybe Nick needs a little time on the sidelines to watch what's happening there. I don't know, but, um, you know, the, the, the team at Red Bull have said that, uh, what, what was lacking in, in Ricardo the last couple of years after his time with McLaren, he's more than recovered, uh, in the simulator with them. And I think they're, they're itching to see what he can do. Uh, they, they announced this week he's going to do a test drive in the 2019 car, um, at, at, or sorry, it wouldn't be a 2019 car, but, um, at, at Silverstone, uh, for a tire test. And, um, and, way he goes i mean i think if if he gets a taste of it they will not be able to pull him out of the car again because he'll just you know he'll he'll make devries look pretty questionable i think he'll he'll definitely outshine yuki sonoda and um and then you got a driver conflict on your hands awesome stuff colin i appreciate your time man we'll talk to you next week yeah thanks a lot guys Colin Livingston in the Racing Report, brought to you by Can Torque. Let's get to Connor Halley, Sports Center Update, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hope there are no payments, no interest for one year on your AC unit. Stay cool all summer at LegacyHeating.ca. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.